Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're talking top 10 qualities of a great corn planter operator. In our spotlight, we'll take a look at upcoming weather, Ag History Minute. We'll talk about Kinsey planters, our cool beans, that's corny. We'll have some current events. We'll wrap it all up with a field good Friday. With me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilties out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So the big draft last night, first round in the books. We got a edge rusher. It was preceded by Karen Rogers' trade. Yes, Aaron, Aaron will never set, forget you, E R I N Rogers. To set up the trade, set up the draft. It was weird when Rogers was gone. Like this feeling of, like I was kind of hoping he was going to leave. Obviously, and then when he was gone, it was a little bit of, oh man, you know, like just a little regret. But then he did his press conference, <laughs> and, and then, you're like, oh yeah, I remember why we didn't really like FaceTime him, Todd. You got to FaceTime, yeah. Him. It was just like, like that. It's like that ex you see at the bar with with her new man, and she's still an annoying, like totally over the top. And you're like, never mind, I'm good. <laughs> I remember he can ever. Yeah. No. It's and when you see that guy, and you're like, you actually talk to him, and you're like, you're like, oh man, buddy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy. You haven't figured this out, yeah. buddy. Buddy. Right. He he unknowingly is now like the Brett Favre of the Jets yep. because what was it Zach Johnson said he was going to make his life a living hell. The entire time, time he's there. Is there. Yeah. Which, good luck, Zach. Right. Zach Johnson's well, it's terrible. Not, it's Zach Wilson. Or Zach, Zach, Wilson. Yeah. Zach Wilson. Sorry, not Zach that, Johnson. Zach yeah. Johnson's the millennial farmer. I hope he makes his life <laughs> tough, too. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, thanks. We got a Super Bowl. I had some good years. Appreciate you. Um, it's okay that you're gone, though. I'm not. Yeah, I hope he plays this, was it 65% or 75% of the snaps? That 65, yeah. Yeah, 65% of the snaps. I hope so. And then his collarbone or something else will probably give out. But yeah. 66% and then, and yeah, then we can proceed to screw up the first round pick and pick somebody we could have gotten the second round with. I'm, a, right. I'm, with I, I, I'm more than ready to move on. It's nothing against him. Yeah. I just It's time time for something new, nope. man. Yeah, he had a lot of good years here, but last year was not one of them. And his, there was, his attitude lately seems very It was a lot of different. push for the love era begins now and all that was quite the i i don't know that we're ready for that but got, got feeling hall of fame quarterback number three here we go like <laughs> go. I'm, just, I'm on it man we're this is exciting like this is uncharted territory for me i've never well, you in, didn't i've never the, in my life had a not good quarterback starting for the packers or a not hall of fame like we know what we have here you you missed out on the rogers part like Everybody loved Favre and hated Rodgers, so it was oh, yeah. this very weird. Yeah. Where this is like, it's all the love for love. Rodgers, this will be weird that way. Rodgers is the first draft I remember. Like as a kid, it was when we drafted him. That's like the first draft that I can really. And so I was excited right away because it was the first draft I ever saw, and I was like, heck yeah, new players! Like you know, you don't quite get it yet. So I didn't. I never hated him. Not like, not like. A lot of Green Bay did so, but I like I said, I've only ever had Hall of Fame quarterbacks in my life, so be interesting. I don't remember back in the early '90s or Don Mikowski, Don Mikowski, the Magic Man, '89 man. man, that was the year. That was the that the, was his year. Most of the '80s when they won like two, two games. Yeah, that's never been part of my life. So, 
It is interesting how Rodgers is now on the Brett Favre trajectory, like left Green Bay. That went, it is to the going Jets. to the Jets. And he's the, not scorn though. Probably like looking. Oh, Kirk Cousins is gone. Now I'm going to go to the Vikings. I don't think that's. I, happening. I don't think it. Yeah, May, maybe, but it doesn't seem that way. That right. It does seem when people leave the Packers though, they get that way. Like Greg Jennings. Oh, and like, yeah. You know, like, Greg Jennings was where they get this weird chip on their shoulder that. Played like garbage and yet continued to bad talk the place that made him look like a superstar. Right. Anyway, the new the new era is here. New era is here, and it started off with an edge rusher. Hmm. Eh. Mm. Thumbs up. Thumbs mm. sideways. I'm thumbs not gonna middle. Say, I'm not going to say thumbs down, but I'm not going to say thumbs up. Mm. Draft is always hard because you don't. How does anybody really know who's going to pan out and not? Right. Right. Like. That's a, you love and hate about it. It's all it's just it's stacking it's, it's stacking the deck in your favor and drafting a guy who wasn't a starter in college just always feels yeah. Drafting an injured guy, drafting a guy who hasn't played a lot always feels kind of gross. And, and we yeah. were Max and I, you we were talking about that last week about drafting injured guys and how frustrating that is and how they ended up not panning out. So Yeah. But we didn't draft a guy who's already suspended or in trouble right. with the law, or that like or just yeah, was just was the scene of a at the crime. scene of a crime. Yeah, we yeah. didn't do any of that. There's still time for videos to come out. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> True. we didn't do that. We didn't we didn't draft a running back in the top ten picks. Philly. Oof. <laughs> we didn't draft that guy's got a cool name, Bijan. Bijan Robinson. Bijan yeah. for Dijon. He had he like trademarked. Some guys something. are saying he was the best player in the whole draft. Okay. It maybe he is, but he's yeah. running like nobody. No, you, like look at our two guys. Well, I mean, they're both what second or third rounders. The guys we were running, Aaron Jones is later than that. Isn't yeah, he? like I a mean, four. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. Well, that's I mean, teach their own, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's it's a new start, new deal. It was cool seeing the draft in Kansas City. Like they had the setup there. Holy man! It looked like a nice weather night, and just it was like loud. I mean, there there was ton of people, and it looked really cool. The emphasis on the parents last night that was kind of interesting. That was cool. How hard they pushed, like in the green room. Yeah, how they pushed the parents out, and especially the moms. That was yeah. It it was annoying that right after we picked the Jonas Brothers, yeah, all of a sudden. Were there to talk about their, that? That was a little bit much. They they rolled out these other celebrities, and it was kind of annoying. Are they from Kansas City? I no. They have a new I album think they're from New York coming out like, or something. Like they're Giants fans. I learned that last oh, night. Great. Ooh. Yeah, I was not happy. Every other draft pick, they went through a you know a two minute analysis and ran yep. up not the Packers. You get the Joe Bros. You get the Jonas Brothers. This is and we we already drafted a guy that I wasn't like overly pleased about so i really needed them to do the analysis the the sell i really needed them to sell me and instead i got the jonas brothers so then i just got the stew about how i didn't really want to pick this guy <laughs> they're big friends with roger goodell the jonas brothers are literally hey, right? yeah no i have no oh, idea yeah roger goodell's the actually the fourth jonas the unofficial <laughs> yeah. fourth yep. jonas brother so yeah they all said like the dude perfect guys out there for uh they're from a Texas. pick with kelsey's mom they're from Texas. With the Kelsey brothers' mom, and they they brought her this big coin that she could flip, and it had Travis's face on one side and, and, and the Jason's other one, Jason. Yeah, yeah, to pick who to watch. It was just it, it was a, that part of this whole thing was you know, a little you bit. You know what I too really hated? Now. I really hated every time 
so they they kept showing Jason Kelsey like throughout the night. They showed him like six times, like in the crowd with the Philly fans, and they kept calling him. They didn't. They'd say Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason. Oh yeah, dude, he's an NFL <laughs> All Pro. Like oh. I was wow. getting so mad for him. And he was in the Super Bowl, right? Well, they both were, but right, but. <laughs> No, he's not have just to win the Super Bowl. To he's be... not like the third Watt brother, you know. Right. Like, it's not like the, the the other Gronkowski brother that played <laughs> right. and right. really did nothing. Like that, he deserves to be no. called Rob Gronkowski's yes. brother. But Jason Kelsey has made a career for himself. Like he's he's a ten year NFL veteran, multi time All Pro. Like, right. He's not. He's not Travis Kelsey's brother. And I like it was really frustrating. And this wasn't like the Jonas Brothers calling him that. These are like. The true NFL like analyst yes. guys like if I was Jason Kelsey I'd be pretty upset I'm not gonna lie to you like that was I thought that was pretty pretty crappy last night and they did it more than once thanks Jack Garvey's brother Max. yeah right <laughs> yeah Jack Garvey's my brother I'm not his brother no it's <laughs> boom yeah if you got if you got brothers I, that's the way when, when you're older you get. I don't know. As, as, yeah, as, as someone who has called yeah, yeah. <laughs> his older brother's name multiple times yes. in my life. I'm pretty sure it's like, it, which I, I don't know who's person. older, Jason or Travis I was, Kelsey, but yes. I was Mitch Garvey's brother a lot because he was a He's, pretty good wrestler. So okay. I was, hey, you're Mitch Garvey's brother. I'm like, no, Mitch Garvey's my brother. <laughs> I actually think I met someone who referred to you as Mitch's brother once. So Doug definitely would call me Mitch's brother, nice. like just to get just under my skin. No, no, it was somebody from Freedom. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Everybody knew my my brother was a lot better than me so everybody knew my brother so yeah i was mitch garvey's brother but I'll, i had coaches growing up that always told me that were his coaches and they're like do not take that from people like don't let them call you mitch's brother you work just as hard you are max and he's your brother I'm like do, all right do you ever i get called like i think it is a little brother big brother. like do you ever get called todd ever no and, no. and i'll get yesterday on the phone i got called bill and the guy like immediately like oh shoot sorry you're <laughs> and, and i think like to his credit, we probably sound alike, and there's some of that going on. But yes, it there's was, there's a there's, uh, a guy I work with that you, you know his brother farms just south of town here, and when he calls me my brother's name, I call him his brother's name. Then <laughs> he's <laughs> like, "Wait, oh, did I call you that?" Oh. <laughs> one of my personal favorites. Is that your is, uncle? No, no. Yeah. One of my personal favorites is to call somebody by their sister's Larry. name. Ooh, yep. I like calling you by calling you by your sister's name is one of my. What if they don't have a sister? Well, if they don't have a sister, then I can't. But calling them by their sister's name is is a go is like that's the that's the like people have called me like Mitch, and I'll go okay, Megan, like <laughs> not even close. I didn't even pick your other brother. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, ready to do this? Oh yeah. Yep. So, Todd, what are the top ten qualities of a great corn planter operator? Yes. So, as we're getting out in the field, these are things that I want you when you're. When you're planting corn, to think about that that we've as a group come up with that are kind of the best things out there, and I'm calling it a corn planter operator. So they're not a tractor driver; they are an operator. Like this is these are the guys that this is like. So it's not the rando off the street, like, hey, I need help right now. Yeah, just jump <laughs> in that tractor, push yeah. this lever. That and corn planter would be the perfect example of like you don't let just anybody drive it at all like ever right. like you put they're you in know, the tender or the correct yeah, they're yeah. maybe doing tillage they're doing whatever but like the planter like you don't mess with that guy like that guy is the guy that like there is no there is only one there's no question and and 
probably in a in a chopper it's like that probably in your combine it's similar but i feel like the corn planter is the like there's no switching off really there's no i mean you might have maybe a second guy is like come sort of quote unquote a backup kind of but otherwise it is that guy in that seat all the time so yes this is the top 10 qualities of a great corn planter operator so we're not talking about the guys that are just like pretty good or average these are the guys that like are elite at what they do so number first round picks these these would be definitely like top 10 guy yeah and it's top 10 list so yes so number 10 is they put safety first so So you're talking about the rifle that's in the cab right yes the safety is on so it doesn't (laughs) like rattle around go off (laughs) literally i put it first is somewhat but but this one maybe goes out savings you're tired you're working long hours you're going in the guys that know when like hey something's not right and i gotta like stop or they yell at the next guy for doing something stupid riding on the back or or whatever like even i've been there now that these planners go eight to ten miles an hour or can on a high speed because there was a time last one last year i'll ride in the back of planners all the time because i love doing that and you got to be pretty safety conscious and one of the high speed planner guys is like you're really gonna ride back there i'm like yeah he's like dude be careful like like you're riding on the the platform yeah to watch like in the back yeah don't do it yeah why are you looking at me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm actually looking Don't for more camera <laughs> systems now that yeah. we can mount to these to watch for stuff because oh, yeah. because it's good to just watch back there or what, what and mean? literally you never drag a stone for like uh it, most 10 of the time acres? now too like I'm walking behind her I'm taking the four-wheeler behind so it is safer. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Because the cuz yeah, because this guy said like dude, I wouldn't ride back there when we're going this fast. You know, it's one thing when they're going four and a half, five, and you could... Yeah, when you're going you 10 know, or it's, 12. It's yeah. different, right. So anyway, the, you want the guys that are going to stop and be like, dude, you're an idiot, that's not safe. And that's, yeah. You probably want that culture in general on your Also, farm, if you are riding the four-wheeler behind the planter, please watch the planter so you don't run into it. Run into it, yeah. <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> so focused on the rows, bam. <laughs> it's like looking at your phone while you're driving. Who does that? No one. We don't have insurance for that either. Yep. <laughs> can you get insurance for that? No. Like, no, you can't. <laughs> the insurance literally tells you just don't yeah. do that. They have apps to the stop DOT you does that. too. Did you ever see those yeah. billboards on the highway? Yeah. Well, no. Usually I'm looking at my phone so I can see the billboards. Got the rim shot there. All right. All right. Number nine. There's guys out there that treat the tractor and planter like it's basically like a fancy sports car. So these are the guys that... They take up four parking spots in the field I, I mean, to make sure yeah. nobody gets near it. <laughs> they literally don't want anybody else to touch it or even like look at it. Like Put the ropes around it. It is their domain. You do not... like. And I'm saying you kind of want a guy like that's a little like that. Maybe not too much like that where you like, whoa, buddy, it's okay. It's what the rifle in the cab is for is to, yes, to keep, keep you back. Away. But I've had those guys where you go to like adjust a row unit like deeper, shallower, something gonna happen. And they're like, No, like you don't touch it, I will adjust it. You could tell me how to adjust it and that's good. But I wanna know what's changed and what we're doing with this machine and dial it in, not So they know, treat like, it like their firstborn or like their oh yeah. Like their muscle car from the sixties. Yes. Yes. Like this is their their fa- and, and even to the point of like the cab is usually cleaner and not you know there's not 
yesterday's lunch wrappers are not what? sitting there. It's it it's just more of like if you know they're going to take care of that, they're going to do a good job putting seed in the ground. Do you guys got any guys like that? That won't let you touch the planter? Yeah. No, I don't have to like to that point. No. In general, I try not to touch. Yeah. I don't, right. Like I'm just. I know just enough about planters to be dangerous, so I try to. Well, give, each planter is a little different too, where you don't want to like. I try, oh yeah, you know I'm. I know like on whites, I I don't like the way you got to dial theirs down yeah. or up. Oh, yeah, that yeah, gets yeah. tricky because you can't because they're too. You got to count turns or right. This particular guy too is like, no, you don't do it because you might do three turns and you really need you know. And I know that's a half a turn and then down, yeah. So stuff like that is tricky where there's. They're a little different on each planter. But the only thing I'll do is dump a bag of seed in the bin if they ask, or like I'll help them change depth, like yeah. on a John Deere when it's yep. just the, the like, little yeah, notches. John Deere's notches. nice because you can count the, you know, you can go at the end and okay, yep, it's two and three and yep. we're good. I'd say in general, most of the places, most of the guys I work with, they they got one guy that's kind of the planter guy. Like he right. just kind of does it. So. Right, and that guy, like I said, in general seems to treat like like nobody touches his stuff either in this deal. You know, nobody's up there messing in his world. But also, it seems like this kind of goes with it. We're adding a new piece to the planner every year. We're adding a new, yeah. like, and by the time one guy learns it, you're done planting. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. So we don't, it, it's no. really hard to let another guy be touched. That's a it. good point of this, too, is like, like talking, say, about having a fancy sports car. I mean, that you can only drive in the summer usually, and there's a limited time. And planting, especially, like, your oh, window... There was a guy in a is, Ford Mustang after Mustang. really heavy rainfall, <laughs> or uh, snowfall, that was trying to drive down my road. Do we count Mustangs? I, as a, I laughed. I really did. Those things are so low to the ground. Yeah. So, the, so like you're saying, Max, the window is short. Like, so by the time you learn and get really good at this, you you put it away for the year and you got to bring it out the next year. Like, it's not you don't get to be good and then have a whole season to use it. It's it's three weeks in the spring. So, yep. yeah, I agree with you on that. Number eight is we'll stop and pick up rocks or down tree limbs or just you'll see a lot of these are going to be either like they're patient enough to stop or they're they're like no when to go and no one to stop kind of a deal. So this is one where like I like guys that if they're they're big rocks especially they just stop and get, you know usually those guys got like in the weight rack in the front or they like remember the old school guys used to use bucket tractors yet yeah. so you could chuck rocks yep. in the front but somewhere have a basket for rocks because otherwise too what do you, you know a lot of those guys don't stop because they got nowhere to put it for one. That's the, the only the problem with weight in the front right. makes a nice little yeah. right. They well, a lot of them. Right, I've seen though where they take they still got the suitcase weight, but they got like a little basket yep. next to it where yeah. you put put rocks. The only problem so. with like that, Todd, is if it's too big and you're by yourself. No, right. Sometimes they just then you better put it in the mon like mark it in the monitor. Yeah, right. So that some guy or can or just move it over to where you already planted and yeah. mark it in the monitor. Yeah. You know, like yeah. but like I you, said, it's just because you're gonna pick up and then you're gonna sit down and then you're gonna have a right three four feet of gap right right not huge deal but still a deal and then like the other part is i see is like with tree limbs is guy especially like marker arms i think most guys just use marker arms to like protect the tractor along wood lines to like knock all these tree you know and, and tree limbs are hard because some of them are still half hanging usually so you can't really get them out of the way but 
you know, having, like I said, just knowing when you need to just stop and move something or pick up a rock or whatever. You just gave me a really good idea. So for all the equipment companies out there, <laughs> instead of, since no one uses the marker, okay, they don't, arm, none. switch out the little Coulter for like a chainsaw blade. <laughs> yeah. You can just cut the Just get a brush cutter like one of those. Yeah. That would be sweet. Multi. You better put a shield though on the planter. So well, obviously, safety first. Shrapnel, We're back to back shrapnel. to number ten. Yeah, you want a little bit of a protection there, but yeah, just make it like a or even like a hedge bar type thing that'll shave it. Big hedge clippers. <laughs> no, I was thinking the thing you use to like shape hedges, like the. Oh right. Looks like a big tooth saw. I don't know what the proper term for it is. I think hedge trimmer. Hedge trimmer. Yeah. yeah. The number seven one, and that's another will stop, and that is will stop and ask for help. So just most of your planner guys have done this, like we say, and they're really good. So this is more like the newer planner guy that just no one to just stop and ask for help. Like something's not right. Something's, yeah, like conditions aren't right. You got to talk to your tillage guys. This isn't right. But the, the asking for help stop part is always tricky because you don't want people stopping too much to ask for help. And you're like, uh, but you need that fine balance of like where you didn't get out there and be like, whoa, why didn't you stop and ask for it? Like this wasn't right. You know, yeah. th- that's another will stop. You spent enough money with John Deere or Precision, you can call those guys for help now if you can't figure it out. And those guys are ready for you to call. Yeah. Like, they know that this is the time where they're – the busiest, right? Their phone yep. never stops. The, the, Especially if it's early. Like, you want to plant all your fields the best you can, not wait until, oh, I'll just keep planting until they get here, and then you've screwed up. Bunch of stuff. Bunch so of stuff. so the will ask for help is the exact point of, like, I would say the the pit crew we have for planters now, the, the planter pit crew of, think of the precision guys that are just set up for planters now. I mean, even 15 years ago, they were around, but it wasn't, like it is now. I'll be at farms I'm, at a startup, and it's me and three other guys from John Deere. Right. All working. All, all, like, so all these precision company, and that maybe started with precision planting itself. You know, th- them making that format of, like, planting's this big a deal. It's not just, hey, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. So, yeah, that's the part is is knowing when to stop and knowing when, okay, we got we to gotta call in you know, whoever at Precision. And the other part is, like Max said, we're getting a new bell and whistle every year on this, is knowing when to stop of, like, this new whatever we added to the planner isn't working right, and do we got to just shut that off? Do we got to change? You know, what what do we got to do with that? So number six is also will stop. So it's being patient and knowing when to stop when conditions aren't right. So this is a little more specific to field conditions uh, those furrows will close I, eventually uh, yeah right it's fine that this one i think is actually was tough to put number six is this one i could be higher of that is the hardest part of once you start to stop is like you started so you're you're going a lot of times you made the decision to go so you really need something to tip you like whoa this isn't right so yeah did did the night before you get a little bit of showers, so now the wet, like the lows are a little tacky. You know, did it? Does something is some sort of adverse weather coming that you just a really cold rain or a really cold spell like last year in May? There was guys and, and everybody kind of kept going because we didn't know that that weather would screw us up. But there was a farm I had that last year 
they had a graduation they had to be at and they said i'm i'm stopping and i'm gonna be at this and it actually worked out for their favor because the conditions after weren't good and if he would have planted that day it really wouldn't it, that corn didn't do well so so things like that of just knowing when to stop when it's not right and that's a tough thing to call because you also do want this guy to be when it's go time be going like right. full-on going so that's a weird part is knowing maybe part of it is if you have a planter guy on your farm is you having conversations with them and saying hey if you think it's not right i'm okay with you not going because a lot of times that person thinks anytime i'm not going you know i'm going to be judged almost for not going like why the heck aren't you going and what the heck and having that little bit of leeway there and patience yeah, it's really more of a balance of knowing when things aren't right and knowing when it's good to go. Yes. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Yeah. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. It's going to rain tomorrow, so you need to walk away today. Or, or like, uh, some of the times you go faster when it's going to, you know, like, right. I, I just say that's a but weird thing, too. Um, then you didn't well, listen to episode 181, right. well, Todd. Last no. Week's a- on improvisational chili. I, I laughed at, uh, there's a bunch of comments on Egg Talk right now of, basically, if you ever listen to your agronomist, you will never plant, ever. <laughs> and it made me laugh, because it was like, you know, we're searching for the most perfect conditions ever, and that doesn't happen. Right. So the farmer does have to balance, like... Touche. Yeah, right. It just made me laugh, because it was like, well, if I listen to them, That's I true. would, you know, it would... In the old comment of like it doesn't grow in the bag, yeah. You know, like, I oh, could al- I could always find a reason not why we shouldn't plant corn. Right. Right. Kind know? of, I mean, until you get to like late May, and then it's like, well, yeah, but but you should well, you should have been going before that. So and that's where you balance the calendar, correct? Too, yes, right. yes. Because we it's April, we not before, June, right? Or the guys in Illinois May. that planted soybeans the first week of April now have to replant because they, it was the they, first week of April. Because they planted in the first week of April. Yeah. So so yes. So that part of this is. Did you did you also comment back like I, I, the yield? How should I put this? Like my yield that's left in the bag. You know, it's still in the bag, I, right? Your yield loss is still at zero when it's in the bag. Right, right. That that's a tough one too because it depends on your planter size. It depends how quickly you can get planting. And I actually think in general, like a lot of the farms we work with, are in general way over. They've got more rural units per acre than guys in Illinois. That's for Probably, sure. Yeah. yeah. And so that just shows, like, yes, our window is very small, but a lot of times we can get it in in that small window because of the way we're set you up. Know, so that's just because they haven't come up with a 180 row planter. Yet. Yes, it'll get there. I will also say the more time and the more I read about different areas, we have one of the worst planting windows in the country usually. Like we oh, have, yeah. we plant all our acres well, and it has to be in, and then it's crappy. Like right. we're we are it's, living it's, in an exceptionally small like zone here. Yep, you're right. You're right about that, Max. Number five is doesn't get overtired. So and more so like you guys know those people that somehow can operate when they're a little tired yet, and there's people that just when they're a little tired is like they're a bear, you know. And so balancing that to have known when to stop, get rest, so that the next day you can keep planning. Or because when you're tired, I, you, things don't go well, right? You make like, mistakes. You make yeah. Mistakes. Well, the safety part really goes into yeah. that one. I feel like yeah. really goes into that one. So I, I was like once with the farmer, and he was, he could operate this way, which is crazy. But and this was tillage; he wasn't planting. 
but I was there talking to him for like 10 minutes in the cab. And then it was like, he, he did one of those where his head shakes. And he's like, whoa. And I'm like, well, what the heck? And he's like, well, when did you get in the cab? I'm like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you should take a break, you know, just Jesus. You need, no to, to, you need a power now. No to take a break and just be and, and he rain was coming, so they yeah. were just going yeah. t- till they could rest before the rain. And like I said, he he could somehow operate that way and he, it was he still okay. Knew who you were, though, Correct. Right? Yeah, it wasn't okay. yes. That'd be bad. <laughs> he like, like, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, he did like he didn't get out his rifle in the cab and be like, get the heck out. What are you doing here? Oh, it was just there's a very fine balance between push I, and don't push and like right. how much stupidity like, like on month if it's gonna rain on saturday you can't start pushing on monday does that make because you can't push five right, days right. in a row you can't that's a good way to say now it if it's right gonna now. rain on saturday by thursday at noon okay now you can push because you can go you can do like two days yeah. really hammering it yep. yeah. but there's a that, some guys tend to push they're like well it's may and it's gonna rain on saturday you can't you physically can't go five days straight right. like it just is not gonna work that, so. That's a good part of knowing your own limits on that of like, it seems like everybody's different a little bit that way where I know I can go two, three days, no, like little sleep and be okay. But by that third, fourth day, I'm done. like, I'm yeah. worse off. So then but Red Bull gives I, you wings. Uh, yeah. Well, that, that's the other part is with for a day. I don't know. There's, like, there's limited, there's a law of diminishing returns on that. Oh yeah. You burn out. Well, yeah. like five hour energy, Matt, where we get like yeah, one, well, one, one hour, hour of like, like the jitters <laughs> and then four hours of just kind of like feeling weird and awake. Yeah, and your co-pilot falls asleep. Yeah. Way back. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Yes. <laughs> This, that, that is true too. I didn't even think, like think of how like caffeine pills, monster drinks, all this stuff that we've got now at sort of our disposal is like a tool. But yet, if you use it wrong, is not I, not great. I tried last summer and got a little got a little thin there for a couple of days, and it does not work. Like it it just doesn't. You fall apart, and when you fall apart, I, I'll, you I'll really fall is, apart. I know guys that can make it work, but they gotta know that line of when. Okay, you're saying I gotta make, stop. You're saying and, make it work for four days, right? right. It's no, still no, not. right, not. This isn't like all planting season. Just let her rip full bore. This isn't eighteen hundred acres in four days, no sleep. Like you're saying, like they can push it for two, three days, and then yeah. they gotta have. Yeah, the auto steer, you can get like a four minute nap in every other. <laughs> yeah, it depends on there, the field. There are guys who yeah. can only run. They have to sleep eight hours every night, or they can't function. There, and, there are yeah. people like and that. And actually, though, those people, I, I'll be honest with you, what I've seen is sometimes those people do just as good as because they stop, they get to sleep, and then they're back going again too. There's no messing around. Like th- there's there there's literally just the stop to to be sleeping, and then they're back in that cab. Because I've seen that too, where guys push her late at night, and then the next morning they're dragging, and they're not going by five in the morning. They're going they're going at Eight, nine, ten in the right. morning. Well, so that you part didn't gain too, as much I, as right. you think by staying up late, right? right. And I, I maybe haven't seen that as much on. I've seen that on harvest crews. That's a tricky part is know how late to go because I've seen some push. You know, we're gonna go real late tonight, and then the next morning, you know, they're out a real yeah. slow start, and you just, you know, I could see farmers be like, "Hey, what the heck? Let's go." So that part is tricky. Is you do got to know kind of how you operate, and, and things happen like. Not mistakes, but, like, it's harder to fix things and do whatever you got to do in the dark, right? Right. So, like, if you're going to go all night and then you lose those morning hours, maybe that isn't the smartest thing either because if something breaks or you can't see a stone or you can't see a fence post or just those kinds of things, 
if you're doing it during the day, you're going to be more efficient that way too. And that's arguably the good and bad of tractor lights is they seem to keep adding more I, and more lights so you, you can see more at night and that just makes guys push probably longer than they should. This Seen the coolest new tractor lights? I had a farm put these on. He showed me that they're awesome. But you get the, because um, you can get LED strips now. Yep. And he had them like on the underbody, like kind of how guys pimp out cars and sure, they yeah, put that. Like a UV looking light underneath. The well, this was, this was like, was so you could, was it green because it no, was a John that, Deere? I didn't think of that. And no, not do that. Just like basically underneath. So you could like the whole, the, uh, like right above all the row units. So you could see right on the toolbar. Sorry, I was losing the word. And so, like at night, you and it was that during the day. So, like I'm sure at night it looked awesome. But you could see because there's shadow. Like there's so many lights on the cab now, but there's right, still right, shadows, shadows in it. Yep. And this is pointing like right down. It was it's it's just it was just awesome. Did like the, it was a cool idea to see the tractor have air rides. Yeah, there. like to some hydraulics. Popping yeah. down the field. <laughs> no, it was cool. I think, Todd, the other thing, too, is this point here, the overtired thing, changes with age. Like, being the elder statesman of this group, like, I'm not super old, but I can tell that the sleep I need today is different than when I was in my 20s. Like, it just changes. And I would imagine once I'm in my 60s, it's going to change again. So think about that, too, is I think You're saying you need more or less now? More. I can't do the, like, four hours a night four nights in a row anymore. Like, it just doesn't right. work. Right, your recovery isn't the no, same. It's the reco- you almost yeah. need more more than eight hours then. Like, if you do two nights of short sleep, now you got to ca- try to catch up, which you never will, but your body just is going to keep shutting Cause, down. Because for me, it was like, work all day, you got kids stuff because they're little and they're just needy, you get them to bed, then you got whatever you got to do for work that you didn't get done during the day, so it's one in the morning by the time you get to bed, then you got to be up by five to get, to the next day, you do that four days in a row, I can't do that anymore. Like, I did that in my 20s and 30s. I can't do that in my 40s. So that does does change, I would imagine, for others. Because I've had that comment, like, you sent me an email at 1 o'clock last night? And then, like, a couple years ago, they're like, what the hell did that email mean? I'm like, oh, yeah, I was kind of half falling asleep while I was doing that. It's like, you just got to you you can't cut because you're garbage. I I think that... Almost makes it worse for some of these planter operations that get older. Is they know if they go to sleep, they may not want to wake up four hours later. <laughs> I I would say as age, they seem like you say if it's a short amount of sleep, yes, yeah. like a like a three four hours would be tough. But most of these guys, if you get a six hour shot, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. that's doable. Like they just know their limits. Then too, that way of like, okay, I got to stop at midnight. I'm up by six, and I'm good. It's, it is know, crazy like, though. Like I could do six hours every night, and be right. fine, but. Not four not anymore. Four, See, I, yeah. I already four. I don't know if I can do four days in a row, four hours. That would be. It, it is days in a row. That you're right. Yeah. I can do like two, three, four days in a row at four hours. I don't know if I can get through four days. That'd be your whole work week. Right. Four hours. And I night. just think That'd about be, that. Like you're losing a whole night of sleep by the end of the week. We, yeah. If you add all those hours up, you're losing a whole night. So. Bill, you're all right, though, as age. You don't think of that because these guys are like, well, I used to be able to go, you know, and then all of a sudden. Yeah, you did used to, and now you got to maybe just pull her back a bit and and get get your rest. No rest for the wicked. Come on, Todd. No, that, that the other part is too is usually this is like two weeks of stuff. You know, you're not yeah. talking about doing this for all you know all year or whatever. So that's the other tricky part is like 
a lot of times you will sacrifice a little bit through planning season because you know, okay, I got to just get this done, and then next week I, I'll be good. And that, so there's truth to that too. Of like, yeah, you could push it a little bit more because of the short window. Yeah, and, and I'm not a saying I never have those nights, but I just I, can't string them together anymore. Right. And there's a difference if you're a dairy versus a cash green. Oh yeah. Too. Like if you're, you still have to do chores right. on top of everything else. You don't really get a reprieve. Right. Like you're never going to get that. All right. You know what? We're just going to take it easy today, and we're not going to get up at five o'clock. Like somebody has to do chores. So. All right. Number four, calm in the cab. So what this has to do with is just those guys that in the cab. No, you know if a if a. Something starts beeping at them or something breaks or goes wrong. There's a little bit. You need that little bit of panic to stop something, obviously, but not all panic. That it's sort of this calmed, okay, yep, I this beeps at me. I know what that beep means. I hit, you know, do this, this, and this. And you guys have probably seen those guys that more so what I get is like the opposite where, you know, something's going wrong and they can just. You know, they're almost like have this nervous, gra- yeah, this nervous of like, oh my god, what you know, what are I gonna grab? And 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 grant that might be because usually when I see it, like I'm riding with them in the cab, so maybe there's just there you're not calm because there's other people sort of watching, but it almost has this feel of like everything's riding on this, and they know that because um, this is literally like the Super Bowl of your crops, like it is a big deal to get these in right, and so you want those guys to know that it's a big deal but yet not be so pressure to the world and kind of like, like not like the fourth quarter bucks in the playoffs where they just totally implode. You want that guy that's kind of cool, calm under pressure. And so you want Tom Brady. Uh, I don't like Tom Brady, but yes, <laughs> uh, I wish it wasn't Tom Brady. Yeah. You want like, you need to be somewhat like clutch. Maybe is the right Michael word. Jordan, yeah. yeah Jordan. Better? There you go. Like, because you know you're going to have problems. You're already overtired, like we talked about. Like, so you need that somewhat of just when when something's going down. Like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll work through this. It's funny, Todd, because okay. like I'll be on the phone with farmers and they're in the tractor and it's beeping, and I'm the one like on the other end of the phone going like, "What the hell's going on yeah. there?" Like, I'm freaking out, and they're just eh, whatever. They're ignoring all their beeps because they know what. It's meaningless. Or well, you get into my next one. Good. Oh, sweet. number three is. Doesn't ignore the beeping monitor in that, like I've been in ones where they like, they literally almost anything that it beeps at them, they're just ignoring all, you know, like where if you're talking to them, maybe it's just, okay, yeah, I know that that one's not a big deal or this is a big deal, but having it set up where it's not just like, I've just been there where they just don't set the, the monitor right or anything right where it's always beeping at them. And I'm just like, no, because then if they're, it's like having the check engine light on in your vehicle and ignoring it, like, Oh, it's Putting fine. A piece of tape over. Right. Yeah. Like, think, Oh, it's fine. I think it's fine. Yeah. Whereas like, you got to know when, the when it's not fine, maybe, and maybe right. they know that, which is good. Yeah. But, but yes, you, you went into that one. Perfect. Bill, where you, you, you do got to like sort of go at like know when to stop and be like, Oh yeah, that, that isn't good. Or, some of these monitors, like I said, just beep at them all the time. And you're like, dude, you got to set up your monitor different. Like, it shouldn't beep at you all the time. Well, yeah, row four is always just like that. And it's like, okay, maybe, but well, and like, uh, it's it always beeping until row four isn't planting, but you don't know it. Cause back it's not back into what we talked about when we talked about getting your planter ready for the season is making sure everything, all the things are hooked up right. Maybe yes. it says row four, but it's actually row five. Right. So you're checking row four, four and row four is fine. You're like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Well, then... It, 
when corn comes up, you realize you're missing a row because it was right. actually row five. Right. Or it's the opposite, like row 12. Like right, or yeah, it's flipped, mirrored, yeah. yep. 13, whatever it would be on the other side. Yes. Yes. Number two, has a tiny bladder, gets out of pee a lot, checks corn seed depth a lot. So I don't want to, I hope you don't have a tiny bladder and have to pee a lot, but mainly the or point here. Or prostate issues, yes. which also would cause you to pee a lot. Mainly the point here the doctor, is. Please? Is checking corn depth. I And not that the depth part, or no, depth part is the number one. But a lot of times when you get out, you make, make a lap around, you check kind of behind the planter. We got more cameras now on these. We got more monitors really to watch stuff. But there is still some about checking the depth, getting out and walking around. And I, I, I still say every field, but more so what I do say is as field conditions change. Yeah. Like, you might be going from a real sandy field to a more clay field, residue, you know, a drier field to a wet residue. residue. Just get out and check. And and my really good guys, they like, I'm out there trying to check with them, but they're checking as well as things change. And you're going to see then stuff. And you just, to me, what I think gives you is that peace of mind in the cab. We, we literally, and now we got new things that do have depth sense that'll put it to moisture and all that. So they go, oh, well, it automatically just does it. Yeah, but you still should check. That to me, that's the only thing right now that this planner doesn't automatically sort of tell you is depth. And I really think you got to get out and check, and you got to get out and check more than what guys are willing to do when they're going. And a really good guy, like I said, gets out. Like all this, like we said, it's no one to stop and go. And this one's just have a you know, okay, as seed conditions change, maybe every second, third field, I get out, stop. I got a shovel and I check. And and I really think even having the shovel is a big deal because most of these guys, you know, when you just start using your index and middle finger and you know, eh, screw, you know, scrape around like, oh yeah, it's to this knuckle, that you know, that's that my depth. You know, no, I see guys just yeah, like kind of dogging it out there, like just. I got one guy that uses a, uses a paint stick and goes. Side. Yes, those I, are. Yeah, cool. I got a guy who he uses a piece of scrap steel. Yeah, I really like yep. that. Those yeah. are cool because then too you can get two or three seeds right. at a time, so you see spacing as well. well. And how many times do we like take the trowel and like cut the sidewall and then you kick the seed out because yeah. you're a little bit too aggressive? So this way you can just slowly scrape that away. I will add to this one, Todd, and I didn't know how to type it in our notes because everyone calls it different, but like the spacing. Um, between the headlands and when you plant yeah. the field, you know, like shot offs. Yeah, my guys calls it ins and outs because you're going out and in, and then you can determine is it out of the field or out of the headlands, like which way is in and out. But you know, because those monitor settings mysteriously can change over winter. Isn't right? it wild like, how yeah. like well, it worked last year to be fine, and you don't most of the time if you're not digging for that, you don't notice till the corn's coming up right. and all you're off by. Then all these fancy rose shut offs you just paid for. Just screwed you because you got five foot too far, and you yeah. know, what's what's normal that you see that it's off. I I kind of think about like where I want it to be is like a spacing of a corn, so I want right. thirty inches. But I've had it. I had one farmer go ten feet. Yeah, and of course it's ten feet this way, and it's ten, ten feet, feet too far the other. Yeah, but there'll be a lot of times where it's three feet off. Yeah, that's too far. No, think of the way these GPS systems are set up. Say it's it's inch accuracy, but it's not over time. Things change. I'll put it that like, and I don't know if that's what's sure. screwing up in these settings or what. But it's if you if you stop last year and then you know eleven months later you're starting back up with it. The 
I don't want to say the earth shifted, but all those satellites moved a lot and it's different. Like, so, I, and I don't even know why it does it, but you're right, Bill. Like guys would be like, well, it worked last year. Perfect. Yeah, it did. But you still got to check your ins and outs. I got to remind myself to check because like, normally you try and get off the headlands away from the headlands. Right. Right. Cause it doesn't pay to check the headlands or right on the headlands. So you try and get out and you got to remember like, Hey, right by the headlands is where we actually usually have the biggest problems is right there. And they are actually hard to check because you could, you know, bumps into that it next is. row. So you're like. Okay, where is if it's on an angle? angle yeah, right. That's even really hard. And then you got some of these big planters that, by the time you're checking, they got like three, four more passes made, and we, you ran out I of mean, field. You work with farms that could potentially you're there one day, and by the time you're back, they They're could done. be done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had that conversation with a couple guys this week, being like, "Hey, I'm I'm around, but you guys are only going to plant for eight hours. Like, that's a pretty small window for me to try and." try and dial, nail that so in, yeah. you then, gotta gotta kind of take some some on your own and then if you're if you're not checking that ins and outs starts and stops when the tractor's in the field you got to learn which way the tire lug right points right. to which to way if the tires are on the tractor the, right it's not the <laughs> no. arrow well yeah it's not the arrow it's the backwards arrows where they're driving right it's not the point of the arrow so you got to watch that too it is confusing how to adjust it too. Like that right, always gets tricky. Right. I like, don't do that. No, I always do it backwards. I've always noticed that too. Is like some of that stuff's hard because when you find it, then then that's the goes back to a point earlier. Is number seven is we'll stop and ask for help. Is like like I'll say like if if you know how to adjust it, great. But this is a lot of times you might have to call the dealership and have them like help you tune that back in because it's tricky to get that right too. All of a sudden you're like you say you're further out or it's. It's not right. No. It's it's tricky. And don't be afraid to check the guest row either. Get your tape. Oh, the guest yeah. row with. Yep. Yes. You're yeah, right. That was I've the other. A, I've had a 20 and a 40, you know, or like yep. it just was off so that one it, side was 20 and the other side was 40. And it's like. It's not like the old rabbit ears. You can't just put some foil on it and hope it well, does better. Bill's right. With the new technology, like back in the day, your guest row was as good as the guy driving. Right. Dad always yelled at the kid, you know, like, oh, I used to be better than you. Like, you got to get better. And now now that it's all in these computers, you're, you got to check these computers at times. Right. So, yep. Just those are the three things that I check and I instruct my scouts to check is depth, ins and outs, and the guest row. Making sure those three things are set. That almost should be number one. No, you're taking Ooh. the... No. <laughs> so number one, guys, you ready for this? It does tie into number one. It does. You're right. So number one is knows how to work all the bells and whistles of the planter. So when I say this is we're pimping out these planters, we're adding, you know, this year it might be the bandit system or the conceals or the... The whatever you want to call the new next best thing for all this stuff we're adding these planters, it's unreal. I mean, these are becoming cockpits of airplanes of all the switches you got to run. It's, Talk to me, Goose. Yeah. Is it downforce it, on your you know closing it's, wheels? It's the downforce that, and I the mean, conceal that reveals your yeah. furrow jet furrow force. <laughs> right. Woo. So, how come the so how come rural how come rural TV the the Cable channel doesn't have pimp my corn planter as one. Of oh their man, TV they, shows. they should like yeah. go find a guy with an old seven thousand and pimp it out. Oh, that'd be <laughs> so funny. Instead of exhibit, it's uh, Larry the cable guy with a big chain or something. Like, let's pimp that there planter. Yeah, I, I, that could be Zach Johnson, millennial farmer. Yeah, man, just going around go. and like, like that would be that would be quite the. We we could get some just really cool 
I mean, they're already. We heard you like fish, so we put a fish tank on your planter. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to turn your four row into a six row. Yeah. yeah. All this stuff on these is, it's a lot of it's awesome. Some of it, obviously, there's times where you're just like, man, we didn't have the last thing figured out. Like, why are we going to this next thing? Right. So, or the the add six things in a year. That's one of my. That one always makes me nervous for for planting when we just go like, "Hey, I think we're gonna do some updates on the plan." And you're like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna upgrade closing wheels." What, what's yeah, back I got this organic matter map. Okay, what are we gonna do with it? <laughs> I don't know, but I've got it. Yeah, stuff like that. The other thing that's crazy to me is how much we're adding to brand new planners off the line that are not that you got aftermarket. Like I'm just picturing like trucks how. Basically, when you used to get a brand new truck, you had to get different floor mats that were the nicer weather tech right, ones, you know. And right. but otherwise, than that, usually you hopefully got what you needed. And now a lot of them even have like a weather tech type map mat. You know, you know, it's when you're buying something brand new. Usually, it's right. And currently, in planners, like a lot of them that are brand new, you're adding a whole bunch of other stuff to them already to a brand new machine. So, just the the. And I don't know that you got to get as far as like reading the manual. I think that's maybe pushing it to know this stuff, but at least watch some YouTube videos on what you're using. At least, you know, go to planter school at one of the dealers, go to know what some of these bells and whistles do, how to work them. You know, I like to dial those in with the guy a lot with, you know, now that we got, you know, higher speed, you know, knowing like, okay, yeah, you, your planter can go 10, but it probably operates best at, you know, seven or eight. And that's even tricky, too, is as these planners get faster, I've been told now, like, it isn't good to operate them at six because they're not calibrated to operate there. Sure. You know, you you actually should be running seven or eight or, like I said. Yeah, there's minimum. Correct. So, yeah. so it's not even like, no, I'm just saying know the bells and whistles on your planner. Take time to learn how to operate them because just because you added something doesn't mean it's going to be better if you're not operating it correctly. I like the pimp my planner. We should. Uh, you could come up with some pretty, pretty sweet. cool paint jobs. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my disclaimer. I'm gonna speak for all of us in this room. Like, I get asked a lot, and I'm sure you guys do too. Well, how much do you know about planners? And my answer is always the same. I know just not to be dangerous. If you have an actual question, talk to the guy who sold it I, to you. Like we did, we did, what I always say to planners is we're looking at is it. Is spacing, depth, ins and outs, that was kind of number point two. Like, we're looking at how it plants more than we know how to operate these. But even that, like, if we find a problem, I probably don't know how to fix it. No, and and even setting up planners, like, we know some about that, but that's getting way... I mean, think of, like we just said, all the bells and whistles on these things that... You need that person to help you set it up as well because and, and you just you just gave precision twenty thirty grand they can come yeah uh, well, they will y- yeah think of what you're paying for this stuff they're There's very a service ha- I think part most of them it. are actually pretty happy to come on and do it uh, happy I, I, but they're but, but more they're, than willing yes yeah it all depends on if you're in the middle of planting and so is everybody else versus yeah. getting it set up ahead of time yeah. hopefully we've had we've had a couple of these warm ups and then cool downs it's gotten everybody excited for a couple days at a crack I think a lot of guys have. Made those calls, been like, we're going to be planting soon, and then we get some free time here. So. No, I'm seeing a lot of planters, at least in the shop, or hooked on, kind of ready, you know, so that's always good, too. Yeah. I saw one yesterday that was fully ripped apart. Ooh. Thanks. It makes me so nervous when I see stuff like that. He's like, 
yeah, I got a couple parts that are supposed to come in. Like, one's coming today, one's coming tomorrow. I'm like, well, I hope you don't have, like, 20 parts to come in, and one comes in every day, and it takes you 20 days to get the car planner back together. The funny thing is, those parts have been on order since last yeah, May. Yeah, probably. Right. He's probably just waiting Most on parts. Likely, yeah. right. All right, so there you go. And there's our top 10 qualities of a great corn planter operator. Hopefully, you or whoever operates the planter is meets at least a few of those qualifications. Maybe not all of them, but now we're going to move into our spotlight for today. All right, today we're talking weather, and another weather term for us here, the Omega Block. Sounds very serious, very final, since Alpha to Omega. Do we have, like, a database of all these that we could we should through? Like, no, I, I thought with the draft this was cool, too, because I thought maybe they'd, yeah, like, when somebody drafts a right tackle, left tackle, they'd Omega be like, block. yeah, you can use the Omega Block to, I. it's just, the, like you say, goes to the Durecos and the, what are all those other weather terms? El Nino. Term? <laughs> yeah, all the other weather terms we see. Spanish in for the Nino. Yeah, so the... <clears throat> Last time we had an Omega block keeping us cold and wet was in April and May of 2016 and 2017. So it's just another one of those things where every so many years we seem to get an odd weather pattern. So th- so this one shapes up, if you look at the jet stream, it looks like the Greek letter, letter of, Omega. of Omega. Yep. And it kind of dips. Kind so of like shoe shape. Yeah, yeah, so we get kind of stuck with this like low pressures that keep kind of turning over the Midwest and then it does work its way to the East a little bit, but you know, it gets, it makes sort of the, the West coast, California, a little bit kind of hotter and same with down Florida, Texas, but then the whole middle kind of shapes up to be cooler, wetter. A lot of our sort of corn growing, you know, the, the grain belt, if you will, shapes up to be colder. Now what is good about these is they're, they usually don't get stuck. It's usually more of like a week or two week kind of thing, and then it moves out. So, what what does look good is by early May, this isn't. It'll be gone. You know, this yeah, isn't, it looks it's like, like we're gonna tank tomorrow through the weekend, and then but build kind of back up through next week. So hopefully after that, it'll. The bad part was is when I look back when these happened last. It was May of sixteen and May of seventeen, and those years like seventeen was that one where we couldn't get corn to dry, if you remember. But that, this happened, like, right in the, like, right in the, like, early, middle May, right at sort of the worst time where you just couldn't plant. So this one seemed to set up a little bit better in that it was kind of mid to late April. I'd just like to point this out. We just got done talking about planners and how close we are to using them. There is snow in the forecast for this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yep. For, Yeah. A large part of Wisconsin. <laughs> Not accumulating snow, thankfully. Not like the Dakotas got the last time we got rain. They they were actually getting accumulating snow. No, but it's it's really hard to believe that the planter is going to roll soon with snow on, in the forecast at all. But, yeah. All right. Speaking of planters, now we'll move into our Ag History Minute. So today we're talking Kinsey planters. And it's going to make me want to mispronounce his name because it's Kinsey Welding, first opened in 1965 by John Kinzenbaugh. But it wants me to say Kinsey Enbaugh. 
Just Kinsey and Because it's Kinsey. But as a small welding and repair shop in Ladora, Iowa. Initially starting by doing repairs for local farmers, it grew quickly by taking on custom fabrication projects, such as wagons and loaders and fertilizer spreaders. 1968, John seized an opportunity to repower John Deere 5020s with 300-plus horsepower Detroit diesel engines, which provided recognition for his company. 1976, Kinsey Manufacturing, Inc. moved to Williamsburg, Iowa, where its factory facilities grew to keep pace with the production of agricultural equipment. Today, Kinsey is a leading manufacturer of row crop, row crop planters, grain carts, and high-speed discs. I think it was, was it two, two years ago they had a, they were looking for like the old green, green old carts. Green carts. Yeah, because yeah. it was like the, they're 50th. like the, they're like the OG auger wagon, aren't they, Kinsey? Uh, I believe they, talked about yeah, so, no, yeah. I think they, yeah. They, they um, we talked last week about sort of the Alice Chalmers no-till planner and kind of how that was legendary. And Kinsey is pretty cool in that it was, you know, basically a farmer developed it and th- those planters have really, I mean, they're worldwide. They they actually have a, another plant somewhere else in the in the world that they, they build them now too, so that they've become that big. And you drive by there on I-80, and it's something to see. They got like a big. They got like stacks of grain carts to this like oh, sure. big one, the littler ones. And then I think I don't know if they're still up there, but they had a corn planter like on its side that was always cool. Like to, one of the folding ones. Where yeah, there's a come and go gas station that you always got to stop <laughs> at on I eighty right next to Kinsey. They do have like a tour thing too. That's got to be cool to see. Kinsey's plant outside of the U S. is Lithuania. Yeah. So isn't that so that's Eastern why, Europe? Yeah. 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 Pretty soon it'll probably be under. Russian management pretty soon. <laughs> but all right. Cool. Thank you, Matt. And thank you to all our listeners out there. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell a farmer friend. All they need to do is search Tilth Talk Radio in Apple Podcasts on your iPhone or on your Android. Go to Podcast Addict, Podbean, and Player FM. To listen on a computer or smartphone browser, that's also very easy. Just open you know, your browser, so Chrome or Firefox or whatever you got on your phone, and go to tiltheg.com slash podcasts. We're also available on Amazon Music, and you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio. All right. Thanks, Todd. Now we'll get into our cool beans. That's corny and some current events. So cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Our cool beans this week. El Nino is coming back for the summer. I am El Nino. All other tropical storms must bow before El Nino. Yo soy El Nino. For those of you who don't habla Espanol, El Nino is Spanish for the Nino. All right. Top Uh, five Farley clips. Yeah, the great Chris Farley with his El Nino. Um, So drought was a major... Impact on U.S. crop conditions last summer. Dry conditions were spurned by La Nina, not to be confused with El Nino, uh, and weighed on corn yields across the Corn Belt. As La Nina fades, El Nino will make a return, and the weather shift could also signal better crop production for 2023. So El Nino is the warm phase of the El Nino Southern Oscillation, and it's associated with a band of warm ocean water that develops in central and east-central Pacific Ocean. While it 
can bring warm temperatures around the globe. Agricultural meteorologist Eric Snodgrass said it tends to bring favorable growing conditions to the Midwest. So we'll Hope take so. it. Yeah. yeah, please. Which the last two years have been, have been pretty good growing seasons as well. So Yeah, so better better's good. All right. Our that's corny this week. <laughs> is Illinois took a hit to their corn and soybeans with the frost that we received last week. Our that's corny is literally cool beans. Yes. Yes. Too cool, unfortunately. <laughs> Very cold beans. Chili beans. So yeah, they took Chili it on the chin. Uh, soybeans planted between April 3rd and 10th were hardest hit. Um, unfortunately, frost does not discriminate. So if the beans were up, they were nailed. Killing frost is considered to be 28 degrees Fahrenheit and lower for growing tissue that has emerged. So the lower temperatures and longer it stays low is usually causes the deadlier frost. Um, Corn can sometimes survive, but even then, depending on how hard hit the frost is and how long it lasts, can even take out corn. So uh, V1 stage corn was also killed by the frost they received in Illinois. A lot of times that'll hopefully grow back. Right. You know, so you got to, these are always tough. Like Max, you had this. Oh man. Two years ago. Memorial Day frost two years ago. Yeah. And beans are tricky too because, well, you saw like, it's not like the whole field dies either usually. And it's. I had beans that were supposed to die and never did. Yes. So it's, it's. Well, that year was weird too. How like to the north and to the south of where we are seemed to get hit. And we were kind of in the middle, and nothing. we didn't get hit. You're like, right, not as much. I mean, there was a little bit. And the beans looked kind of peaked for a week or two, and I had a couple cornfields that got got toasted pretty good. They came back because it was obviously very short. But. Right, the growing point was still under the ground. So long. It's a long like two weeks though. Like it's mm-hmm. a really long two weeks, a really stressful two weeks. And that field was actually like it wasn't a wipeout. It was just like certain spots in the field. Yeah, most of mine were. Wiped. When, what's tricky is in certain spots too. Do you did you go replant those spots? No, did you didn't. do the whole? Fi- yeah, and, no. We and see, beans are tricky too, as we've talked. I mean, you can get down to eighty thousand plants and see zero yield loss. Right. Be okay. And you can even be down to like forty, sixty, and not necessarily have to replant. So it's a weird trick with yeah. that too, because. It I is. thought the hardest part was keeping guys because they like you know some guys were like, all right, we're hooking on the chisel plow, we're starting over, like it's all dead, like we're moving on, and that was really hard to keep that contained yeah on well, any time you in that type of situation when you replant then you get weird patches of volunteer soybeans coming back or corn and well and now let's most guys might have your first pass the residual herbicide down right. on your beans already and say you're ripping that out it it just yeah. it's it's a it complicates things that is definitely where we get paid the big bucks to try to help with those yeah. decisions because those are tough they're tough yeah, you definitely want to manage that the best you can without making a bigger mess. All right, and our Field Good Friday this week. Uh, it seems like a lot of people have seen it. It's had millions of views, 4.3 million as of the one I'm looking at right now. So Aubrey Plaza, who I know from Parks and Rec, and she's probably done a few other things, released a video on wood milk that at first seemed like it was you know, maybe a push for plant-based milk, but actually at the end when they talk about how it's fake was a push for actual milk, real milk. Have you ever looked at a tree and thought, can I drink this? 
I did. Hi, I'm Aubrey Plaza, co-founder of Wood Milk, the world's first and only milk made from wood. Here at Wood Milk Orchards, we're certain that our artisanal wood milk will be the only milk you'll want to drink for the rest of your life. Why? Because I said so. Our wood milk is bottled right here in the forest where the trees hit the dirt, which locks in the flavors like cherry, maple, and of course mahogany. And if you can't pick your favorite, that's okay, because they all taste like wood. Here's how wood milk is born. Not born, exactly. More like squished into a slime that's legal to sell. Let's give it a try. She's literally drinking like a... It looks like Got smoothie. Wood. wood pulp smoothie, yeah. Is wood milk real? <laughs> Absolutely not. Only real milk is real. Then what did I invest in? Flesh has got milk, like yep. the is classic. Your, is your milk real? Got milk. So that's a very clever commercial. It it's awesome. If we can bring out the milk mustache, you know, like, like remember the old, probably the last true good milk push was the where you had sports people doing the got milk the mustache. Mil- a lot of Olympics, yeah. right? A lot of Olympic athletes were doing it. And I don't know if that'll work because this Aubrey Plaza has received a whole bunch of backlash for supporting dairy, which is which. Which sucks. I mean, credit to her that she did this, that hopefully it sounds like all this stuff went on her Instagram and all those places. So I think that's really cool. And So the farmer's got to flood it with yeah. compl- and there, compliments. Right, right. And, and that it's up to 4.3 million views, that's obviously good. I mean, the more word we can get out, the better. And yeah, it's, it's hopefully kind of revives that sort of got milk campaign, if you will. Yeah, the the similarities are definitely uh, there for how almond milk is made. I mean, it's not really you don't milk an almond, right? You s- squeeze it, press it, blend it. It's a juice or a what a byproduct right. liquid. I don't know what you'd want to call it. I, uh, I, it's exactly what. No, nope. You nut, had it. Byproduct. Yeah, byproduct. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. It's yes. garbage. And then nut they juice. Well, yeah. and the the irony is that now that people are actually looking at almond milk of how much more expensive it is to produce almonds, how much water it takes. Like, yep. That it's not really environmentally friendly. To drink almond milk. This is also a tough battle. Is there's almond farmers out there? They're farmers too. Yep. And so it's this tricky, like. But we just, uh, I think our deal really is, we just don't want you to call it milk. Like, right. just don't go on calling it milk. So I, I thought what was weird about this is Matt actually forwarded it first, and when I briefly saw it, it, it like took about till halfway for me to realize like this wasn't fake. It, like. This is this fake. is fake. Yes, I'm right. like, oh, what the heck, you know? And then it I'm seems like, seems real at first, but yeah. right. So that just shows too of like, you know, good parodies kind of have a good way of being like somewhat real. Where you're like, wait a minute, and then it hits you of like, oh no, this is fake. And that that's good about this too. That it could actually feel like it could be real, which is so, odd. So on on the milk debate, we had a we had a debate in our house last night. Um, normally we're a one or two percent household. Kind of depends how we're feeling. I went whole milk last night. Ooh. At, at uh, Don's and Seymour here, and uh, I was met with some very critical looks. The whole milk was not approved by my uh, roommate, also my wife. Um, she was like, "What is that? Why we're not drinking that?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, we are." And I, we just raised different, I guess, you know. <laughs> but yeah, we were a whole milk. Were you guys whole milk growing right. up? We were yeah. raw milk. For, raw, yeah. I mean, bulk yeah. tank milk for in the kettle, like the little. T- tin kettle yeah no see we had a big glass jar and then 
go down to the farm and fill it up and yeah no it was this milk can it was literally a yeah like a small little small, small little milk, milk can. can milk can yeah so whole milk did not go over great well i went it was fine for me i thought it was delicious anything's better than skim yeah if you're gonna drink skim you might as well drink water in my opinion but <laughs> this is you basically are the best one was on the bulk tank. There was actually a fitting that we had to put on to fill the. Oh yeah, it had yep. like this little, yeah, like little a tiny. Spigot. You had to be really careful because if you you pulled out like too far on the handle, yeah, it would just oh, it just yeah. shoot out like a jet because of all that pressure. <laughs> so it was a tricky, yeah, it was a tricky. Good old. So days. after the, after that debacle, Todd was not allowed to fill. The no, in no, general, no. I, yeah. Didn't realize it was the good old days till it wasn't, right, Todd? You know, yeah, you, right. you, you wish they'd tell you you're in the good old days when you're in the good, good old, old days. days. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So today we talked top 10 qualities of great corn planter operator and basically focusing on how you should know the planter and get out and check every once in a while. Spotlight, we looked at the Omega block that is keeping us in this kind of cold, wet pattern that hopefully should shift away soon. Ag History Minute, we talked about the history of Kinsey planters. Cool beans this week is the return of El Nino, which is Spanish for the Nino. And that's corny was Illinois taking a lethal frost on some of its corn and soybeans. Finally, we wrapped up a feel-good Friday with the Got Wood ad that is really a Got Milk ad hopefully continuing to support our local farmers. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.